0: just send us an email. Use the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or just give our office a call. Our phone number is 684-7011. So um, the market is correcting and there's good news is bad news, and bad news is good news. I mean, it's, it's that contrary aspect of the economy, and people are trying to figure out what direction we go because mm. they're saying inflation's coming down, savings rates is up. I mean, you've got a higher interest rate. You can get now above 5% in certificates of deposit safe money. Earnings are actually pretty good. Companies across the board are making good money, but there's but the market is fluctuating down, and this is not something that's is it unexpected? I guess is what I'm saying. You think you think we're in a place where the sky is falling, or do you think we're in a corrective mode? I mean, what
1: what is your crystal ball telling you? Yeah, that's great. We're the crystal ball episode, right? We're talking through what's going to happen next, and the market just had a fluctuation. What what kicked it off was last week the the Fed. Uh, Chair Jerome Powell, uh, they came out and they, they made comments about what they're going to do with interest rates. And as soon as he's finished speaking, the market just tanked. And so, what did he say? He said, "We're doing nothing." Uh, you know, there's we're no. To
0: everything to say. Yeah. So I mean, that was good news. Uh, but it's what he didn't say that
1: really, perhaps, yeah. And, and so, what we're going to want to talk about today is that markets fluctuate, and in a moment of fluctuation, w- what do you do? You know, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about the, the planning, the overall of how do you plan for your future? How do you plan whether the markets go up or down to get where you need to go? But then we're also going to talk about this specific market to say what just happened mm-hmm. and what might be happening next. We work really hard here, as we say a lot, not to predict the future, just to react to it. But there's moments where you see things starting to shift and line up, and we're going to talk about what we're seeing. So why don't we start with some of the negatives? This is the sky is falling camp. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is the chicken littles right? Yeah, but they say the market just fell. Right. We had a client that said, I, I lost a chunk of money. Um, a few of the ones I have on my list here is the, the yield curve. So anyone who follows finance will, will know this, this indicator of a recession. It's called the inverted yield curve. Usually if you, short-term bonds pay a little bit and longer-term bonds pay more. That, that's mm-hmm. the normal structure. When the yield curve inverts, which it is right now, it means that the short-term bonds are paying you more and the longer ones are paying you less. So people are, are, are saying, well, money in the future is going to be worth less than it is now, which is just really odd. And so that's used as a, an indicator to say, whenever that happens, everyone's anticipating this recession is coming. And usually there's one that follows. So the yield curve has been inverted for a long time. And it just- Much
0: longer than historically that you would consider if you're going to have a recession, we'd have stronger indications of that. And of course- a recession has not been, I mean, normally recessions are um, accompanied by higher unemployment rate. Yep. They're yep. also accompanied by slowdown in real estate sales. Those two factors and capital improvements, they've still continued to grow and, and, mm-hmm. and give us positive feedback and, and decisions in those areas. Those are not the red lights. Those
1: are actually so green lights yep. for us, right? Yeah. So the, the yield curve is a red light saying, hey, this is bad. It's still been bad. Uh, the other one is some of these, these momentum indicators that we have. that says that, that they, we kind of watch a few of these different indicators. One's called the, the Copic Curve. There's, there's a few others. That, that They take the momentum in the markets, and as the momentum starts to fade, they will indicate and say, oh, everything's coming back down. A few of those are looking more negative. Um, still on the, the negative side of things, the sky is falling, is look at the unions. <laughs> you know, look at what's going on. There's strikes. United and- Auto Workers. The it- president joined the line. He got into the line mm.
0: with the unionists, uh, with the Teamsters, whoever, I guess United Auto Workers, and got his, his megaphone and says, I support you, and you should really mm. go after these really evil auto manufacturing mm-hmm. companies.
1: And I'm wondering, that's political fodder. Go oh, big mind. time, yeah. The one that people feel in their wallet more is gas prices. Gas prices. I think in California, here, Southern California, we just passed six bucks again, six and a half already. Um, by the way, the rest of the country doesn't have six dollars <laughs> per right. gallon. By the way, so right. I just want—I
0: want to know for those people that support, you know, our gas policy, understand why this is being
1: isolated to california more so than any other state in the union right yeah we, we he's paying a lot for our, our, our gas the other one is the home mortgage rates is is like you had made a comment houses are not sitting on the market and that's no. that's usually the what happens when things are moving slowly houses there's just not enough on the market and interest rates are now pushing six percent or seven percent um and with that there's a dynamic that there's a number of people who just don't want to move they might consider moving down the street or to another neighborhood but they're gonna go from a two to three percent mortgage to a six to seven percent mortgage and yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, to and them.
0: people are not gonna sell when they have to uh finance and they go from like you said, from a three percent mortgage up to a six and a half percent mortgage or whatever it is. And they're just saying no, we're not going to move. So the, the the warts and the flaws of their home looks really <laughs> a lot better when right. they have that. We'll, we'll just paint. It'll be we'll, fine. We'll we'll, we'll, just, we'll just put in new grass. Yeah. It's just we're going to
1: keep it. Yeah. So. And, and this the sky the sky is falling view here is I, I feel what the media loves. This is this is what they're pushing. These are the headlines you see like the auto workers. You see gas prices. You see um, you know talking heads about the market is doomed. Um, we see a lot of that going on, and so when people see you hear that and then they see a dip in the market there's a tendency for people to be reactionary oh no this is this is the end this is it so what the, do they need to do so the
0: issue is is this a bad thing is this a bad mm-hmm. thing now if you're short term if you're short term in your vision
1: if and when we say short term we're thinking like a year yeah <laughs> like which to some people is long but for us a year is a short term so
0: corrections in the marketplace are actually good because what it does is it pushes overvalued companies out or brings them back down but it also allows companies that are well positioned to retrench to get additional position within the marketplace Mm. because people overreact overreact and so stock prices come down but companies that have a lot of cash companies that are well positioned they create a much better uh, scenario for themselves Uh, you know i'm looking at costco versus target Mm. target has had a phenomenal amount of shrinkage now that's that is code word for theft from their mm. shelves. Costco, on the other hand, shrinkage doesn't doesn't really bother them at all. So it's completely different models. Does that mean that Costco will expand? Well, Target's shutting down hundreds of stores. Mm. So there's a difference. Now that you know, we could have a long conversation about what's what's going on and what's happening. But what I'm saying is the markets they are correcting automatically yeah. for this. So yeah. anyway,
1: and and so my favorite. You know, rather than feeling the fear of the markets, oh, no, I might on paper lose some value of someone's right. stock portfolio, but to be opportunistic, to say, right. okay, if, if things are in flux, if things are falling, where, what just went on sale? What right. is a great quality company that, that is being a little abused in the market that could benefit someone's future? And, and thinking on a 10-year, 20-year perspective. So let's shift a little bit. That, that's the sky is falling view. There's another view in the market right now, which is just really interesting, is that we're great. We're, we're doing phenomenally well and the future is very bright. We're going to have this soft landing and we're going to excel forward. So I guess what are some of the things that you see as far as strength in the market?
0: Well, again, I, I companies have a lot of cash mm. and that, that is something unusual. Banks are very well capitalized. So when the lending requirement comes to the banks, you know, from the big banks down to the regional banks, they're well capitalized. They're, they're, their loan portfolios are strong mm. and, uh, credit cards, I mean, even though credit card debt has increased, the delinquencies is almost, it's going to almost the lowest level. So that means that people are handling their debt. There's a lot of anticipation that as soon as student loans, they have to start paying mm. their student loans. You know, they're, ha- they're paying a higher, either rent or whatever. But the indicators indicate that the economy is in is pretty good footing. Yeah. And again, I go back to that unemployment rate. Unemployment rate is still extremely low And if you're looking for a job, you're going to be able to find an employer that's willing to pay you to bring you on and train you, bring you onto that that position.
1: Yeah, part of even the strikes, I I think, is a a moment where you see these unions feeling their strength. You know, feeling this is a moment where these companies need workers and may not have access to other workers. And this is a a moment where they're in such high demand. that They're now demanding. You know, demanding more things that they've perhaps wanted for a while. You made a comment also uh, that, that unions are the actual membership of unions has been falling in our country.
0: It has been falling for the last several decades. And in fact, the number of, of people that belong to a union, except for public unions. Public hmm. unions have still been re, still like, relatively Like teachers strong. or
1: government workers?
0: Right. Okay. But private sector unions have, the membership has dropped dramatically to where right now it is at it's one of its lowest ebbs. Hmm. And uh, the current president, uh, clearly that is one of his, his political base, and he is doing everything he can to, to bolster them up. But when you look, again, the marketplace, I look at companies and how they adjust and move, move according to mm. the, the economics. Well, what company is doing really well that's an auto manufacturer right now is Tesla. Mm. Tesla doesn't have, um, doesn't have a lot of union problems. In fact, they're getting paid more per hour at Tesla than GM, Ford, and you know, I, I guess it's Stellantis. This used to be mm. Chrysler in my mind, but mm. it's, it's the conglomerate. That is um, the other auto manufacturer. So again, it's the economics. You see where the shift is going on, but that's yeah. having dramatic impact because, I guess, if you're an employee of GM, you want to be able to be equal to and not, not have all the cumbersome aspects of working for GM. You want to work for. E- I mean, I don't know. It's it's just interesting. All yeah,
1: the, yeah, that's right. All the give and takes. And then so as we look at the economy, we see some really concerning, you know, clouds. We also see some blue skies. And and oh, that's yeah, that's the sure. dynamic of when you get these big fluctuations. If everybody clearly saw, you know, blue skies, well then it would be different. If everyone saw gloomy clouds, it'd be different. In this moment where we see some real strengths of the economy and, and some real weaknesses. A a big thing we've talked about many, many times is that, you know, recession, there's a lot of recessionary looking factors, but employment is extremely strong. We've never had a recession strong employment, right, and so the question is, which which gives first? Will employment fade, and when we continue on with a strong economy, or will the Fed, which I think their intention is to keep kicking the economy until it slows down, which will then itself bring down the
0: employment? Yeah, I mean, again, inflation is their target, and they want two percent on an annualized inflation rate, and right now they're they're below four, but they're you know in economic terms they're quite a ways off from that two percent floor on inflationary rate, and they and and the federal reserve wants it down now again we come to the you know we can talk about in the next section about the you know the debt levels and mm. uh, funding the government and what that means and a lot of people look at that again the funding of governments is different than you and i in our household when we go to borrow something and how we how we dealt with
1: um our debt load and such as that yeah i don't get to print money you so don't get mean. to print money <laughs> and, that's it well, well let's take a quick break here We've we've talked a bit about um the good and bad in the economy we're going to talk about the next section is what do you what do you do with it what do, what do right. you do <laughs> right. what does each individual do to manage their household regardless of the ups and downs but in the midst of this fluctuation so yeah. come on back we'll, we'll continue this conversation
0: 8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com.
1: Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. We have been talking about the economy and the fluctuation that we just saw a week ago and the, the good and the bad. But we're going to shift a little bit and talk about what does an individual person do? What do you do when you see fluctuation? I think by implicitly we're saying you don't just sell everything, or you don't change your long-term plan. But and, that,
0: and the key word would be nothing. Nothing. If your profile is set up, if your positions within you've got good assets, you've got good value there. So they go up and down in value. It, it's okay.
1: Yeah. And if your view, we talked about the first episode or first section, is if that if your view is for one year, yeah, you've got to be all over the place trying to figure this out. If your view is ten to twenty years, this is a blip. This is a nothing. This is something that you plan for and volatility is something that every financial planner we've ever worked with, they plan for volatility. You don't anticipate that you're going to get this, you know, stable returns year over year. There's going to be good returns and bad returns and you have to have a, an investment mindset and an investment portfolio that can weather good times and bad times.
0: Yeah, because even even the best of assets are going to come under pressure when the market has a, has a sell-off and always yeah. when the market has generally a downturn. So no matter what your asset structure is, you're gonna be affected by that, but that doesn't mean you take a very good asset that's maybe down one or two or maybe 3% and then sell it. That makes zero sense because yes. that asset will continue to perform.
1: Yeah, it'd be good for you. So let's talk a little bit the generation. We're gonna split this generations of, of how are people doing? What, what plans are they making? Uh, so let's, I think let's start with the youngest generation. Let's start with some of the millennials. Yeah, There's a statistic that you read recently, which, which is, I thought, great, but it was saying that millennials on average, which means there's some more, there's some less, but they're saving 16.3%. That's, that's a big number. 16.3% for into their 401ks or their retirement. That, that's a great number.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've, they've got the memo. Uh, they, it's come down they said, okay, we need to start saving. And these are people, what, how, what's the age group in, they're in their forties, yeah, right?
1: Under 40. Uh, most, yeah, okay. Most millennials late are probably, 30s. yeah, thirties is by the general age of most of them, mid, mid to late, th- or early to, to late thirties. Um, and
0: that's a healthy number. Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah, and then even when we go down into, um, I guess it'd be the Gen Xers. That's the next, next generation yep. down. They're saving on an average of just under they're saving on an average just under 10%. Yeah, that's really good.
1: Yeah, that's right. It, it'll keep pace, and a lot of people, you know, rules of thumb we try and stay away from because it they they've applied to fewer people. But but generally between 10 and 15% is what keeps most people on track. Yeah, to be saving for retirement. One of the, the items in this article that was interesting was saying millennials um, often are are too confident that they're you know saving enough right. and that they. Are going to be fine, and the comment wasn't that the the variability or the volatility in the market is going to be the issue. It, it was talking about more about longevity, and that might be why if millennials are, are picking this up, the reason they're saving more is they anticipate not not that they're going to live till sixty five or to maybe eighty. Right. With with current medical delivery and medical practices, I mean, living to ninety may not be. Um, an, an odd item for Well, again, a I think a lot of, generation.
0: a lot of people are anticipating living even longer than that. So, and then the work aspect of it is when do you retire? And you better have a lot of savings if you're going to retire early. And yeah. if your life expectancy is in your nineties, I mean, you're looking at living off of those, those funds for 40 years.
1: Yeah. And so you better, you better have a lot of money. Right, right. Stored away. And so we talk about the Gen Xers, they're 10%. The baby boomers, uh, kind of the boomer generation, the, the average amount is is five hundred thousand. It's just shy, just short of five hundred thousand. Yeah, dollars which...
0: we've talked about that in the radio program, and there's been a lot of commentary about baby. You know, the baby boomers have not saved enough. The two thousand eight correction really, I think, had a psychological impact mm. upon baby boomers, and they started to really take a good hard look at their their life expectancy and their date of retirement. And they've been socking away money. So the average baby boomer right now is just below half a million dollars, yeah. which frankly is, is really a good sign. So Yeah,
1: it's a good, it's a good start to be there. And there's a, the same article is saying that for most people, um, you know, it's, it's all different, how you live, what your income right. is, what pension you have. So th- this is not a number that we would, would promote. But the article in the CERN is about 1.1 million is where they should be right. um, for a lot of people. And they're about a half a million. So on one side, they're behind. Another side, um, there's a number of boomer, baby boomer generation folks that um, have, have kind of gotten away from the idea that at, at 60 or 65, I get a gold watch mm-hmm. and I sail off into the ocean and never be heard from again. <laughs> but, but they, they say, right. no, I, I want to keep working. I want to keep contributing. I, I have more to give. I want to be needed. And um, the idea of working in, until 70 or mm-hmm. 75 is, depending on what they do, of course, but if they're in a professional role is appealing to a lot of these, these mm-hmm. folks and so they look at what they have as far as savings they look at what they can generate as far as investments or annuities or, or things of that nature and then they still talk about working and, and what that might look like um there's a number of of course baby boomers who have you know plenty of funds but, but that was an average i thought was a, a decent average for uh, across the board that people are, are walking their retirement with
0: and we're entering into a time if people are savers not, not only do they use dollar cost averaging to acquire Equities, stocks primarily, uh, but also now we're entering into a time that we haven't had for almost 20 years, and that is higher interest mm. rates. So we have alternatives that we didn't have before that we can put money into bonds and other safe instruments that will give us a return of five to six percent. Yeah. That you know, you're, we're th- we're talking about a number of years where the rate of return was less than one percent. So equities was the only game in town. The only thing you could invest in was, was stocks. Yeah. Uh, now we've got other alternatives that we can help rebalance the portfolio to. I
1: want to add in those layers of security. I mean, stocks are going to perform well over the long term. But as people approach retirement, um, especially that baby boomer generation, um, their, their interest, and their ability to, to take on risk changes. And people who are looking to retire a few years ago due to COVID as well as a number of other things, there was not a whole lot of places that they could get good return on their money safely. Yeah. Whereas now what you're saying, you know, with, with bonds and uh, CDs and other interest rates, there's a number of places that people can be relatively safe and mm-hmm. still get a decent return on their funds. And that likely, based on the Fed's comments, likely will continue for a couple of years.
0: Yeah, the biggest negative that most people have when you go through some volatility, if they're contributing to their plan, let's say their 401k plan or their overall savings, they have a tendency to retract. They have a Mm. tendency to pull back and not save. It is absolutely the worst time to do that. The the best time to put more money into your savings program and to put more money into equities is when the market is volatile Mm. because you actually reduce the risk and you can accumulate more assets at a lower cost. The biggest risk that we're faced right now is people not meeting their savings goals. Mm. So if their savings goal is to be, let's say 10 to 11 to 12% a year, that's the biggest risk they have. It yep. is not the market, yep. it is not the interest rates, it's not inflation, it's their savings goal. And if they're not meeting that, that's the biggest risk they're gonna be facing. That's with a huge
1: comment. I think that's what, something that everybody can control. Yep. And that's you know going from worrying about the markets, worrying about the administration, worrying about where we're headed, and really back up a little bit and say, well, what can I do with my finances? Right. And the answer is, if you're still working, you can hit your savings goals. You can get money into those qualified plans or into your investment accounts. Right. Get enough money in there so that as you go forward, you're on track for your plan. So it, it, I think that's a great takeaway that everyone should hear, like worrying less about the market, worrying less about the volatility, and being more concerned with doing what you can to boost up your savings.
0: Yeah, and again, I go back to, I mean, people, they turn on the television, the radio, the news, whatever they get their news, again, if it bleeds, it leads. If it's Mm -hmm. a train wreck, they're going to tell you about it. And I always love the articles that talk about some disaster that's occurred in some other part of the country. Although if you were in that particular part of the country, that could be very meaningful to you. But for us here, where you're at right now, it really has zero meaning, but it affects your behavior. Mm. And most importantly, what we do for a lot of clients is try to control what they do no matter how they feel
1: Mm. because
0: how you feel, if you let all your feelings roll forward, you're going to make some bad choices most, most of the time, right?
1: Yeah. yeah, to get a long-term vision, a long-term path, and stick to it. right? You know, just say, even though you may you know, feel like saving today and not feel like saving the next day, you know, this is a, a vision uh, that we're trying to get you to and yeah, to mean, build that plan.
0: Yeah, I mean, life is not, um, how do I want to say, it, it's not always Pollyanna, and it's not something that is going to always be good. And the market is is one reflection of that, of that you have to be just stay in there and continue to do consistent things uh, from time to time, week to week, month to month, year to year. and i I, I can promise you that you will be you'll be rewarded for that. Mm-hmm. If you react, if you react in a way that you withdraw from the marketplace, or you withdraw from your savings goals because of what you've seen either politically or economically or financially, that is going to ultimately hurt you in the long run. Mm. And that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. I makes mean, really no sense.
1: Yeah, that's a great. So I think a good takeaway, don't be reactionary. Invest for the long run and stick to your plan. Exactly. If you missed any part of this episode, you can find it on our website, TricoAdvisors.com. Uh, you can also look for us on YouTube.
0: Until next week, folks may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening.
1: Information and ideas
0: discussed on this program are in the nature of general comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Do not constitute legal or financial advice and do not create an attorney, client, or fiduciary relationship. Any examples or circumstances discussed are fictional. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor, tax consultant, or attorney, as well as conduct their own due diligence prior to making any decisions. Investments involve risk and the possibility of loss, including the loss of principal. All situations are different and results may vary.